Section 6 of A Collection of the Facts and Documents Relative to the Death of Major General Alexander Hamilton by William Coleman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 3 Continued Extract of a letter from a respectable gentleman in Virginia, dated 16th July. Within a day or two past, a report has pervaded this part of the country. The death of General Hamilton in a duel with Colonel Burr. The report, it is said, is too well authenticated to be doubted, though as yet I am uninformed of the particulars. Alas! And was this to be the fate of a man who would have been an honor to any country upon earth? Execrated be the custom in general, and execrated be the hand in particular that could aim the means of death under sanction of this custom at one who, when he fell, left not his equal, Take him all in all, upon the surface of our globe. Alas, illustrious shade, farewell. Our country's loss in you is irreparable. Your name and well-known worth and talents operated strongly in favor to our country, even upon the ambitious designs of him who grasps in imagination the empire of the world. He knew that your sagacity and vigilance could not be deceived, and that in times of difficulty and danger, when they should be apparent, you, like Washington, would become the bulwark of our safety, that all true American hearts in such a crisis, forgetting their former resentments and delusions, would be united. But now, whither are we to turn in such an event? Execrated be the hand that has robbed our country of this transcendent worth. But alas, it can never be recalled. The two letters from which the following extracts are now made were received soon after their respective dates. They have not been printed before, because as they were not designed for the public eye, they contained some passages which I thought had better be suppressed, but they are so eloquently written that I cannot refuse myself the satisfaction of presenting at least some passages from them. Extract of a letter from a gentleman in Burlington, New Jersey, dated July 16, 1804. No country ever deplored a greater man, nor did ever the tears of friendship embalm a memory so pregnant with worth and honor. Alas, how unavailing is all that admiration and gratitude, which too late, would fain reanimate him from the grave. His life has long been sought for as the last sacrifice to malignant and criminal passions. Yet even in his death he presents an image of sublime heroism and virtue, terrifying to guilty minds. What indeed must be the overwhelming brightness of that character which forces the very assassins of his reputation in life to retract their calumnies and wear the ensigns of mourning? This event removes out of the way, perhaps, the only remaining obstacle to the domineering projects of Virginia. Two men only lived in this degenerate country whose opinions and energy retarded the march of cunning ambition. They are gone. Fortunate, perhaps, after lives of patriotism and unceasing usefulness, not quite to have outlived the liberties of their country. I much regret that it never fell to my lot to have even seen this truly wonderful man. His qualities were such, however, as to attract the warmest personal attachments. What American, but in his admiration of the hero and statesman, will mingle sighs for Hamilton himself. But then, pleasing consolation. He's gone to virtue's rest. 
with all his country's wishes blessed, when spring with dewy fingers cold returns to deck his hollowed mold. She there shall dress a sweeter sod than fancy's feet have ever trod. By fairy hands his knell is rung, by forms unseen his dirge is sung. There honor comes, a pilgrim gray, to bless the turf that wraps his clay, and freedom shall a while repair, to dwell a weeping hermit there. Collins. I can only add that here, as I suppose everywhere else, grief clouds every countenance. Extract of another from the same, dated July 20th. I cannot disburthen my heart enough to be submissive to this punishment of God upon an ungrateful land. He that ought to have been the pride and favorite of his country, as he was its soul and savior, was first smitten with the death of ingratitude, and then butchered by one of your... I am impatient and feverish with the subject. Adieu. Tribute of Respect at a special meeting of the St. Andrew's Society of the City of Albany, held at the Tontine Coffee House, July 26, 1804. Resolved unanimously, that in token of the sincere grief of the Society for the premature and untimely death of General Alexander Hamilton, and the high sense they entertain of his distinguished services to his country, as a soldier and a statesman, of the eminent virtues which adorned him as a man, a friend, and a citizen, and the high respect in which he has justly been held by our sister society of the city of New York, of which he was one of its first members, that they at every meeting of the society for six months shall appear with an appropriate badge of mourning. Resolved that the Reverend John MacDonald, Mr. Pearson, Mr. Ramsey, and Dr. McClellan be a committee to prepare a respectful message of condolence to General Philip Schuyler, the venerable and afflicted father-in-law of our dear deceased brother, expressive of the sympathy of this society with him and his family in their irreparable loss, and that they convey the same in the most delicate manner to the general. General Philip Schuyler. Sir, the president and members of the St. Andrews Society of the City of Albany beg leave with mingled sensations of grief and indignation to tender you their sincere and respectful condolence on the untimely death of Alexander Hamilton, a distinguished son of your family, an early member of the American St. Andrew Societies, and the ornament and pride of the American people. You, sir, have been long acquainted with his singular merits and with the amiable qualities of his heart. You have never ceased with candor and generosity to appreciate and respect them but he has fallen, cruelly fallen, at a time when your age and infirmities rendered his correspondence and occasional society peculiarly desirable and soothing, and at a time when his excellent wife and his rising family, in various views, demanded his protection, his counsel, and exertion, at a time when the situation of our country seems to require his vigilance and his warning. He has fallen by the hand of a man whom his gentle and generous nature could only injure by eclipsing him, or by conscientiously attempting to counteract or defeat measures which he deemed dangerous to the community. His fall, though premature, will seal his own unspotted fame and an odium on his implacable opponent which time will not remove. The fame of Hamilton will need no protecting shield, though thousands, were it necessary, would rejoice in the office. It will continue to spread with increasing glory beyond the limits and probably beyond the duration of the government which he eminently contributed to establish. Could this society, 
Could our country in general devise means for mitigating the grief of a brave soldier, of a faithful and indefatigable statesman, under your present unexpected and heavy calamity? They would not be withheld. But in the bosom of an honorable and independent retirement, surrounded with a flourishing and affectionate family, and blessed with the resources of an active, capacious, and cultivated mind, we trust you will be enabled to support with dignity what you can never cease to deplore. May propitious heaven shed peculiar rays of comfort on an useful and laborious life, qualify you for the protection and consolation of the afflicted relatives of the honorable dead, and grant you a late but joyful admission to the abodes of peace and the society of the good. Signed by order and in behalf of the society at a special meeting, the 26th July, 1804. John MacDonald, George Ramsey, George Person, William McClelland, Committee. Albany, July 27th. Gentlemen, my warmest and unfeigned acknowledgments are due to the President and the members of the St. Andrew's Society for the delicate and feeling manner in which they have condoled with me on the irreparable loss I have sustained in the death of a son who had endeared himself to me by the most tender solicitude, who was the kindest and most affectionate husband to my dear and distressed daughter, who as a father unremittingly inculcated into the tender minds of his children that virtue which marked his life and that love of their creator whom he adored. Under the pressure of so severe a calamity, the honor paid by the society to the member of the deceased, the humane attempt to console and mitigate the heart-rending distress of an aged and feeble parent are not only soothing, but will, with resignation to the divine dispensation, impart a ray of comfort to my wounded bosom. Permit me, gentlemen, through you, to reciprocate with the utmost cordiality those affectionate wishes which have evidently emanated from the hearts of the society and which it has pleased them so strongly to express for me and my family. And do you, gentlemen, be pleased to accept of my best acknowledgments for the marked and polite manner in which you have conveyed the sense of the society on this mournful event. I am, gentlemen, very respectfully, your obliged and obedient servant, Philip Schuyler. To the Reverend John MacDonald, Messrs. Ramsey, Pearson, and McClelland. The Utica Patriot. At a numerous and respectable meeting of the inhabitants of Whitestown and the vicinity, Holden at the hotel in Utica on the 24th of July, 1804, the following resolutions were unanimously adopted. This meeting having heard, with inexpressible sorrow, of the death of General Hamilton, and being desirous of paying a tribute to the rare union of great virtues and transcendent talents, which have exalted and adorned his character, and believing that in the death of this great and good man, our country has lost one of its greatest benefactors, and the world one of its brightest ornaments, resolved unanimously that it be recommended to the inhabitants of Whitestown and its vicinity to set apart Thursday the 26th instant as a day of public mourning for this melancholy and important event, and that there be a general suspension of business on that day, that minute guns be fired during the morning under the direction of Captain Kirkland of the artillery, and that Mr. J. H. Lothrop be requested to deliver an address suited to the occasion at 12 o'clock on that day at the new church in Whitesboro, where our fellow citizens are requested to attend. Resolved that Mr. Jonas Platt, Mr. J. Van Rensselaer, and Mr. Garrett G. Lansing be a committee to carry the foregoing resolutions into effect. 
resolved that it be recommended to our fellow citizens of Whitestown to wear crepe on the left arm as mourning during 30 days. Resolved that the proceedings of this meeting, signed by the chairman and secretary, be published in the next Patriot and Columbian Gazette. B. Walker, Chairman, T. Skinner, Secretary. Whitesboro, Thursday, July 26th. In pursuance of the foregoing resolutions, all business being suspended, minute guns were fired during the morning from an adjacent eminence, and the tolling of the village bell announced the death of our beloved Hamilton. At 12 o'clock, great numbers of all classes of citizens assembled, and a procession was formed in the following order, viz. Sheriff Broadhead and his deputies, citizens, physicians, students of law, gentlemen of the bar, magistrates, orator, committee of arrangement. The procession then moved in solemn silence to the new church, where an elegant and appropriate address was delivered by John H. Lothrop, Esquire, to a large and afflicted audience. The public expressions of sorrow and respect everywhere exhibited show that the character of Hamilton is now appreciated as it deserves. Posterity, we know, will take care of his fame. A citizen. The Recorder of the Times. Democratic. Hamilton is no more. A main pillar of the state has fallen, not by the giant arm of a Samson, but by the persevering malice of the ruthless, the weak, and intriguing Saul. The most distant parts of our country have felt the shock. Hamilton was virtuous, eloquent, and brave. Envy herself drooped at the luster of his virtues. His opponents were melted by his eloquence and his enemies confounded by his bravery. In justice, he was an Aristides, an eloquence, a Cicero, and an Achilles in war. An opportunity would have enabled him to have astonished the world by the splendor of his military achievements. But he has been snatched from his country in the prime of life and has left us nothing but the remembrance of his greatness. The day which terminated his career annihilated a star of the first magnitude. General Hamilton. The Corporation and citizens of Burlington, New Jersey, are respectfully invited to attend at the townhouse tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock for the purpose of uniting in some public expression of their respect for the memory of General Hamilton. James Sterling Mayer, Friday, 20th July, 1804. In pursuance of this request, the citizens having assembled appointed the mayor, chairman, and Mr. McIlvain, the recorder, secretary. Mr. Griffith introduced the melancholy subject in these terms. A life which was only devoted to honor and its country is no longer ours. In the meridian of his days, of his usefulness, and of his fame, Hamilton has descended to the tomb. Who can look back upon the public services and exalted virtues of the deceased without exclaiming in the anguish of despair, is he too numbered among the silent dead? Yes, the martial son of Washington, who shared with him the toils and dangers of a war for liberty, O oh, pious hope, is united to him in the realms of eternal peace. That luminous and expanded mind which embraced all knowledge and was applied to the utmost good of his fellow men is fled to the spirit which gave it. Those pure and tender affections which imparted to social intercourse all that could attract and delight have disappeared. That eloquence on which a listening senate hung is forever silent. Yet these shall never be forgotten. His memory will only cease to inspire and to charm when Americans cease to honor and love the courage which achieved their independence and the wisdom which cemented their union. We are assembled for the generous purpose of uniting in the performance of some feeble expression of our gratitude, 
our admiration, and our grief. Alas, in our hearts only must be sought the real extent of those feelings. I forbear to speak. It is enough now to weep over the man whom history, his country, and the world shall delight to rank among the constellations of genius, virtue, and valor. The following resolution was immediately adopted. At an assembly of the citizens of Burlington in the town house on Saturday, the 21st of July, 1804, it was unanimously agreed thus publicly to express the deep affliction which the premature death of General Alexander Hamilton imparts to every bosom, to acknowledge the debt of gratitude which was due to him for a continued series of inestimable services in war and peace, to avow a conscious pride in the character of an American citizen who lived to defend, to bless, and to adorn his country, and lastly to deplore the tyranny of that custom which has suddenly borne away domestic peace and left a nation in tears. Published at the special request of the citizens, James Sterling, Chairman, Joseph McElvain, Secretary. End of Section 6